0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. The goal of my show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you, and get you in the right mindset so that you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. My guest in this episode is Wesley Bizzle. Wesley serves as Senior Assistant General Counsel and Managing Director of Political Law and Ethics Programs for TRIA Client Services. In authority on political law compliance, Wesley oversees a comprehensive compliance system covering the regulation of government affairs. Previously, Wesley was an attorney in Winston & Stron LLP's Federal Government Relations and Regulatory Affairs Practice Group. His career also includes more than six years on Capitol Hill where he served as an aide to Arkansas Senators David Pryor and Dale Bumpers. In addition, Mr. Bissell is extremely active in promoting diversity and inclusion within the legal and corporate communities. He is a founding member and serves on the steering committee for Altria's LGBT Employee Resource Group and is president of the National LGBT Bar Association. He has been named by London's Financial Times in 2017 and 18 and Yahoo Finance 2019 as one of the 100 worldwide outstanding leader LGBT corporate executives. And Chambers and Partners also named him the 2019 LGBTQ Equality Lawyer of the Year for his dedication and commitment to LGBT diversity programs, as well as his efforts to advance LGBTQ plus financial professional in the law. Hey, Wes. How's it going? I am all right. How are you? I'm doing well. So glad that you're able to uh, uh, join this conversation. I'm very excited about um, what's ahead for the both of us. Yes, same here. (laughs) So Wes, uh, tell us about your background.
1: Sure. So I grew up in Arkansas, um, left there immediately after high school um, to go to college in D.C. and was in D.C. um, for college and law school and and a master's program. from that point on until about a year ago when uh, my family and I relocated out to the Bay Area.
0: That's awesome. That's uh, that's quite the change from Capitol Hill <laughs> it is. to the Bay. How was that experience like for you?
1: Um, I love it. I mean, I love it out here. I have been coming out um, to the Bay Area really since um, law school. And so I've done a lot of work out here as well that kept me out here for sure long periods of time. Um, and so there are, you know, far worse places to be uh, than the San Francisco Bay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. It, it is a beautiful city uh, here in, this, in San Francisco. Um, I moved out here two, two years ago and I love it. Um, definitely a great place to be away from the winters, for sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was more escaping the summers from D.C., but yes, I understand. (laughs) Um, So tell
0: us more about your work at Capitol Hill.
1: Um, Sure. Well, um, before and during law school, I spent um, six years on Capitol Hill working for uh, two United States senators uh, who retired in succession of each other. Um, and then, as, when I graduated law school, went to a, um, a large law firm in Washington, DC that was based in Chicago, but was an international law firm um, where I worked on government affairs. Uh, issues as well as uh, what we call political law—the regulation of of campaign finance and lobbying and gifts to government officials—really any interaction uh, with government. Um, working for a variety of of clients from you know Fortune 500 clients to trade associations to cities and states and um, municipalities and um, and nonprofits, and then uh, came in house to uh, Altria, who was one of my clients. Uh, about 14 years ago now. Mm
0: -hmm. It must be uh, pretty amazing having to work at um, Capitol Hill to really impact the kind of change that our country has seen. Um, You know, I have a background in political science and interned at the governor's office, so I'm very familiar with the... uh, the 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 issues that uh that that goes around at uh capitol hill um what inspired you to do this work
1: well i you know i long wanted to be a lawyer even as a little kid um although there are no lawyers in my family um and it wasn't until sort of high school that i got away from it and um and started looking at a, you know, sort of broadcasting and journalism was getting, uh, where I was getting involved in at the time. Um, and then during college, I, I needed a class, I dropped a class, I needed a class to pick up, and I picked up a class um, that was in the school's uh, justice program. Uh, and, you know, really started taking a lot of justice and legal-oriented classes, which you know, sort of re-excited uh, what had been sort of a dormant interest that I had and um, ended up, you know, switching my major into a, a justice major and deciding to uh, to go to law school and pursue a master's degree uh, as well in um, social work, social policy.
0: Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about your work in inclusion and diversity? I know you had some work there. wanted to cover that topic because there's so much work going on with uh you know of course in light of the black lives movement um companies are stepping up and doing more investing in um in that department
1: yeah and you know i I, it is one of the things that that brings me i think the most um joy in my career and so i am you know, currently the president of the National LGBT Bar Association, which is the the national association for LGBTQ plus lawyers and judges and law students and and legal professionals, and um, also serve um, on the leadership committee for Altria's LGBTQ plus employee resource group, which we call Mosaic, and was one of the founders of that uh, about, I guess, seven years ago now, eight years ago. Um, and so I'm highly involved in both, you know, corporate diversity um, for my company and, and more broadly, and then diversity within law firms and legal profession um, as well. So, you know, it's um, it's what we in the, the LGBTQ plus community um, call our gay job. So you have your day job uh, <laughs> you, uh, money and pays the bills and, and your gay job. <laughs> uh, which is what, what we do to advance, you know, equality and inclusion uh, for the entire LGBTQ plus community in all its diversity. Um, I love that. I
0: haven't even thought of that. Maybe I should uh, use that concept and really apply it because it, it can be stressful, um, but often re- rewarding work as well. Yes, and so. But you gotta have fun in the process. That's true. right. <laughs> so, do you have any advice for organizations that are looking to build inclusive cultures?
1: I do, and you know, I think it really has to, you have to um, approach it with you know some intense intentionality. Um, so, this is something that you know takes time and takes effort and is not a flash in the pan type of activity. It it really does take some dedication. Um, And, you know, I think what what we have found with uh, Mosaic, our LGBTQ plus ERG, uh, and plus the work I'm doing uh, with the LGBT Bar Association is that it requires, you know, both what I would call bottom up um, and top down. Intentionality. And so, you know, you want the sort of the grassroots support from uh, your employees, but you also need the active, visible uh, support from your CEO and your management and and your leadership. Um, And it's what I'm a a compliance attorney uh, by trade. And so it's what, you know, we call in the compliance world tone at the top. And so it really does set the standard and the attitude for the organization. Uh, and so you want your, your CEO and your leadership to, you know, to show up, to be seen, to speak up on, on issues of diversity and equity and inclusion, um, on issues of injustice, um, you know, and celebrate um, when there are victories. Um, and so, you know, I've been fortunate to uh, work for a company where our, our CEO does that. And in uh, previous CEOs have done that. And so it really does help change the the culture of the company and the attitude of the company. And it gives these what I would call uh cues, these inclusivity cues, to your not just your employees, but to you know people who um may be interested in coming to work for your organization. And so it it's it's very important. And you know, I think especially with the LGBTQ plus community, you know, oftentimes people look at it and say, well, we don't have very many LGBTQ plus employees. So, you know, so do we really need to focus on inclusivity for for those, that small group of LGBTQ plus employees that, that we have? And, you know, what I would say is that may be true that you don't have a lot. Um, maybe you don't, maybe you don't have a lot who are openly out within the workforce. Um, but if you combine that with people who have friends or who have family members who are LGBTQ+, that number grows substantially. Um, we had a great uh, program yesterday for our Mosaic ERG where we heard from um, two allies. Um, so people who, who aren't part of the LGBTQ plus community uh, themselves, but um, in who have family members. And so one, uh, had a, um, a grandmother who, um, who transitioned, uh, late in life. And so she had grown up, um, knowing, um, this woman as her grandfather and, um, and the grandmother came out, um, when she was in her, you know, sixties, I believe. And then, um, another employee who had a child who was, um, a young child who's self-identified as trans. And so, you know, creating a environment of, of inclusivity and talking about inclusivity and being respectful um, about it, you know, resonates far outside the, the um, for either real or virtual walls uh, these days of, of an office. It really does impact people in their, their day-to-day lives.
0: hmm yeah that's that's great Thank you so much for sharing that insight um I don't know if you saw the news but recently Starbucks said that they're tying executive pay to their twenty twenty five diversity targets, and that's been that's great I think the company should do that in order to uh hold their executives accountable. I think another point about what you're what you said that there may not be many LGBT-identified uh, folks in the company, but if an executive is gay or lesbian or bisexual and out, that's a you know, how do you retain their talent if there isn't inclusive culture?
1: Right? That's exactly right. I mean that that that's the problem um, that all you know diverse minority uh, employees feel is that if at some point, I mean you know, we all need a a paycheck, but at some point, um, if the environment, your work environment, um, doesn't celebrate you as a person, um, you're going to look elsewhere. And, um, and, you know, that's a drain on, uh, for the company, uh, when they lose talent like that. And so I think companies are, are, you know, waking up to this fact in fact, and have, you know, are trying to, to, you know, do better, um, and I, you know, I think it's something to be applauded. We, you know, are not making the progress that we need to make, and you know, at times it's it's far too slow, and you know, sometimes far too siloed. So, but you know, I think the we've overcome at least one hurdle, which was a hurdle of will, uh, where you know companies now do have the will um, to pursue diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives.
0: Hmm. so as you know this show is about purpose and meaning and um some of my, my guests in the show um when i ask them how do you define purpose and meaning they tie it back to passion so what does your definition of purpose and meaning is?
1: well i think that you know first i i wouldn't ascribe to the belief, or I don't describe to the belief that, you know, everyone has just, you know, a singular purpose in life. I, you know, I think you can have, Mm -hmm. you know, many different types of purposes, um, based on sort of the different areas of your life. Um, you know, one can be, you can have one purpose related to your work, one purpose related to your family, another related to society. Um, but for me, in the end, I would say purpose is what propels you forward. You know, it's what, makes you look forward to the future, uh, and smile. And so, you know, I, I, um, you know, and that can, like I said, that can be different, um, sort of based on, you know, sort of the situation that you find yourself in at the moment or that area of life that you're, uh, you're occupying at the moment.
0: Mm -hmm. So are you saying that it, it changes over time. I think it
1: can change over time. I think, you know, like, it's, I think it can change, um, you know, over both long amounts and short amounts of time. I think, you know, I think my pur- my purpose, that the f- purpose I find in my job is different from the purpose I find in my family, uh, for instance, um, or the purpose I find in doing the diversity inclusion work that I do. So I think mm-hmm. it can be... Um, many different things uh, in many areas of your life, but certainly it can, it can certainly change over time as well.
0: Right. Because maybe people have evolved and perhaps priorities have changed or just a life um, uh, experience that they went through that, that changed their perspective about the world. Mm-hmm. So how do you get people to tap into their own purpose and meaning?
1: Oh, that's a good question. You know, I think it, it, it takes, you know, some quiet self-reflection. Uh, it takes, you know, sort of thinking about what is that, um, that that makes you look forward to the future? What is it that, that makes you, you know, smile in sort of a sustained type of way? um you know oftentimes Mm -hmm. i think we don't spend a lot of time um sort of in that quiet reflection you know i think we you know we are you know we're busy with our work we're busy with our family we may be um you know when we would have a quiet time where you know we pop in the the um the earbuds and you know and are you know focused not sort of focused on sort of that that self-thought and self-awareness that that Mm -hmm. really is required to sort of dig deep and understand um, sort of what's at your core.
0: Yeah. So it seems like there's a lot of internal work that's involved.
1: Yes, I think there is.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the reasons why I launched this podcast is because I wanted to help people tap into their own purpose. What I'm seeing at least around my circle of friends is that people tend to be anxious and nervous because they don't have a sense of direction. And so I wanted to launch this podcast to help them get to a place where they can be happy and content in their own lives. Um, With that said, what are some of the most challenging things about either your career or your personal life? And how did you push through those worst of times?
1: You know, I think, I think for me, the, one of the, the most challenging things that I have is, is finding that balance. It's, you know, I, my, my day job is, is extremely busy and hectic and, um, and it, you know, is rarely you know, rarely goes as planned, uh, which I think is true for a lot of lawyers. You're, you're, you know, uh, in some cases reacting to people who are seeking out uh, your help and advice. Uh, and as the, the leader of our political law and ethics compliance program, I'm also, you know, proactively trying to achieve things as well. Um, and then, you know, you add on to sort of that, that gay job. Um, And that requires a a lot of time and attention as well. So, so finding, you know, time in my day for me um, can be challenging because, you know, I've I've been in those situations where you are not investing in yourself and in time in yourself. And, you know, what that leads to is, you know, is irritability and burnout. And um, and that, you know, isn't good for you certainly in the short term when it's happening or in the long term either. And so, you know, finding that time and finding, you know, the moment to get away is, can be challenging, but, you know, I think it's, um, it's necessary. And it's something that I, you know, it's something that I struggle with and have struggled with for a long time, but I, but I, you know, try to make, you Mm -hmm. know, my daily decisions. So at some point I'm, I'm like, you know, this is, this part of the day is going to, I'm carving out for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that there has to be a balance and it's up to us to define what that balance is and how can we achieve that? And you're not alone in that. You know, I, I am, and I know many folks are as well. Um, which means that we're all, you know, we're all humans. We're all connected and, we have to help one another, you know, to achieve the kind of life that we want for, exactly. for each of us. Yeah. Um, so, how do you? When did you consider yourself as a
1: success? That's an interesting question. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I you know, I guess I don't look at it sort of in those. Stark terms, you know, I um, I certainly celebrate the successes that I have, and um, in you know, in life, or in career, and in, in my you know volunteer work, um, but I always feel, you know, I'm always sort of I think striving, um, to do better, and so I, you know, I, the way I sort of view success, um, is that it's you know, it's something to be achieved and then you don't have to achieve it anymore um and i and so i don't think that's for me that that's how i look at life um you know I, i'm i look at life as sort of a um a series of you know maybe victories but not but never sort of achieving the the prize
0: mm-hmm. so it seems like it's an ongoing it thing. is
1: It is. I, you know, I, I, you know, I think that, um, and, you know, it's uh, certainly different for, for everybody, but I think that it is um, for me, if I, I don't know what I would sort of look forward to um, or how I would, you know, continue to push myself um, if I thought I had, you know, sort of achieved success.
0: Right. And what, you know, we're the fun yeah, exactly. in that. Is? <laughs> I think it's a journey that that's the most fun. The ultimate goal. It's
1: made up of yeah. the moments.
0: What are two or three success habits that you have that have helped you achieve the the kinds of results and accomplishments that you have today?
1: I would say, you know, find find your joy. So find, you know, um, in order to be successful, it takes, you know, some grit and determination and obvious setbacks um, that we don't, you know, often like to talk about. But but so you need to, you know, find what makes you joyful and, and what makes um, you happy. And so if, you know, and, and that I think is, is key to success um, for for me, at least. Um, and and I guess one of the other things I would I would say is, um, you know, consider and this is I guess more of sort of a, a societal um, aspect or outlook on it. But you know, consider what what bothers you in life. And, um, and then find out how you can change it. Um, and so it's that sort of proactivity and, and persistence that is, you know, I think necessary for, for both of those things. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if I have a lot of answers um, myself, but, you know, those are, those are two things that have, I think, helped me um, at least, you know, have some achievements and, and some wins as I've, as I've gone through life.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. Thanks for the insight. Um, who inspires you or what inspires you and why?
1: So if, if we're talking about a who, um, I guess I would say that I, have you know, for a long time have been, Inspired by by John Lewis, uh, Congressman Lewis, uh, who of course passed away uh, earlier this year, um, I was blessed to be, to be able to go on a, a civil rights pilgrimage to Alabama with Congressman Lewis a few years ago, um, and it you know ranks as one of the most significant and impactful experiences of my life, um, and you know I think with congressman lewis um he fought so hard and for so long and you know at any point he could have paused and said you know what i've done my time i've done enough and i'm going to go you know relax and and let others um take over here um you know he could have done that in his mid-20s um after he was beaten beaten um mm-hmm. on the edmund pettus bridge and on bloody Sunday in in Selma. Um, But he did, he kept fighting. He kept fighting to the very end um, of his life for the things he believed in. um, And, you know, never, ever lost hope. Um, And, you know, and at the same time, despite, um, or in spite of all of the achievements um, and the success and the, um, adulation that he received. Um, he was one of the most, you know, gracious and kind, and really um, egoless persons uh, I have ever met. Um, and so, you know that that combination of of doing the work, um, but knowing the work is not about you, uh, and is about something far larger than you. Um, that type of life. I think inspires me. And then I've, you know, um, I'm reading um, one of his books right now, Walking with the Wind, and, um, and, you know, continued to, you know, sort of be moved by, by the life he led, and um, the outlook on life that he had in general.
0: Yeah, he is definitely among the greats, for sure, in this country. And someone that also inspires me um, as well. I fortunately did get the chance to meet him in person. I would have loved that. So uh, very happy to hear that from you. Um, what books are your favorites? What, what would you recommend for my audience in the topic of either purpose, meaning, or Ooh. success? Um,
1: so, you know, I I am, you know, like I said, I'm reading, walking, walking, um, with the wind, uh, which is, you know, I would certainly, um, recommend, um, I don't, you know, I, I typically read, you know, sort of a lot, a lot of more sort of biographical or, um, uh, nonfiction, um, books, um, but I guess I, I don't sort of look at them for, you know, sort of through that, that lens of, of, is it going to sort of give me the, the answer to, to success. But, you know, I draw from, I guess, the, um, the stories that are told in the life experiences that are, are shared in, in those books. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: You know, I, I, I think it's so, I mean, being in a position that you are at Altria and, being the president of the National LGBT Bar Association, it's uh, it's it's pretty amazing that uh, you know you're able to do all of that and you still have time to, to read. Um, <laughs> so I applaud you there.
1: For- not as much as I, as as I would like, and certainly um, with you know COVID travel restrictions, I'm not traveling um, nearly as much. So you know, part of my the quiet time that I would that I would sometimes find would be. Um, on you know a plane, either going you know from the west coast to the east coast or the east coast to the west coast. Um, so it ha- it has changed and cut down a little bit um, since the pandemic started. <laughs>
0: um, do you have any last words or advice for my audience? So
1: I guess you know I would you know commend to everyone that we all need to to make you know diversity equity and inclusion um a daily agenda item um, for ourselves Um, a number of years ago i found in a bookstore a sign and i've I've got it hanging above my computer monitor so i have to see it every day it's in my field of vision Uh, whenever i sit down at my desk and it says what good shall i do this day um and so you know that's what I would encourage your audience to to really ask themselves each day. Um, you know I think we have to advance equity and anti racism in both big and small ways on a daily basis, or we're not going to address the the issues. Um, and so it's really looking for those opportunities to to educate, to advocate, uh, and to compel change. And so taking a moment. And you know, asking yourself that simple question, um, I think, is helps sort of center yourself um, and and realize that you know it's not life isn't just about ourselves; it's about a you know a broader um, group of, of community. And so, I think, as we if we can all strive to you know create a better community, uh, you know, the beloved community. Uh, I think that is that is um, a way to sort of go about it and, and to to make sure we remember to do it on a daily basis.
0: I love that. Thank you so much. I think that you sort of uh, really answered my question about what purpose means and fold in that we can find it if we search others and it's not just about
1: us. I totally agree. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, Wes, it's been such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Um, Folks, you've heard it from Wes. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, please uh, uh, favorite and rank uh, a five-star on the Apple Podcast. Um, And if you want to get a hold of Wes, uh, Wes, where can people find you? Uh,
1: So I am on Twitter, um, although I'm, I'm more... I think active on LinkedIn. Um, So uh, Twitter is at Wesley D. Bazell. uh, And, you know, LinkedIn, I'm under just Wesley Bazell. You got it. All
0: right. Well, that's it, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And Wes, thanks again for your time. Thank Thank you for having me. Great great (laughs)
1: podcast. Happy to be on it.
0: All right. Take care.
1: All right. Bye.